This is the Howard's Way podcast from Antique Dust. Story so far. Tom Howard has received a redundancy payout after leaving Southern Aviation and wants to invest everything and all his life savers into a boatyard. His wife, Jan, isn't very happy. Anyway, I'm Jonathan. I'm Rob. And together we are Antique Antique Dust. Dust. We are dusting down that glorious yachty drama, Howard's Way. In this episode, this episode is episode three, and it was first aired on the 15th of September 1985. I I actually remember this. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. We, So uh, my whole family sort of gathered around the television and watched it as a televisual delight. I think it was just... Did it get wheeled in on a trolley? No, no. no. We we, we had that in the best room, the one with the the doors on, uh, the, the, um, the TV with the doors, which... Came for, uh, I can't remember where it came. Army and Navy used to have a. I don't remember. If, I don't remember that 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 department store. My grandmother. Yes, the, there wasn't a branch of Army and Navy <laughs> in, the, in the little Scottish town where I grew up. <laughs> Funnily enough. Well, they had it's a massive electronics department. My, my grandmother looked at this television, and she she. So, I mean, it only went on the high days and holidays. It did take a little while to warm up as well. Well, it had valves in it. <laughs> well, it was only 1985, but oh well, it probably didn't have valves. It didn't so. have. I don't know, but it it was. It had well, a, the ele- the, you know the sol- It was all solid state electronics, so it would take a little while just to just to warm up. Yeah, and it had a, a remote control, which you it, it actually the remote control sl- slotted into the actual television, and yeah. you used to take it out. But then, if you did it from an angle, it wouldn't work. You had to. So get it down to where the slot was to to line up the laser beam or whatever. <laughs> yeah, the first the first television that we had with the remote control, there was a little compartment on the side where the remote control sat, and my mum always insisted that, that it be kept there, <laughs> which 
totally defeated the purpose of having a remote control if you had to walk over to the television to get the remote control to change the channel and then you had to put it back into the slot and put it back down again. Well, we had a Betamax with a remote control which was attached by a cable and the mm. cable only reached into halfway. Well, we had quite a large lounge and the cable only, only it, it sort of, yeah, we left the cable in the middle of the lounge and we wanted to change it. We went to the, to the remote control in the middle of the rug to press the remote control. It was bonkers. Yeah, some things really weren't thought out well yeah. back then, were they? My grandma mother ruined that as well because she came in with the hostess trolley with some some, some nipples on it some salmon salmon out of a tin and cucumber sandwiches (laughs) yeah well because it was it was was a level thing so it had two levels but the whole point of hostess trolley was to keep hot things no, 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 no. That was a different one. The, oh. the hostess trolley. It, it, it just literally had. It had two levels. It didn't have. A, it wasn't attached to a cable or anything like that. But it had two levels. So you had the sandwiches on the top, and you had the cakes at the bottom. And then when the, the, the <laughs> so when we'd finish the sandwiches, the sandwich the sandwich plates were put on the bottom, and the cakes were then produced onto the top. It, oh. it wasn't rotating. So did, did really the then. queen come round for tea very often? No, it was. Sorry. Anyway, back to Howard's way. This episode I really enjoyed. The script was really, really good. Um, uh, in the previous episode, Abby has arrived back from Switzerland from finishing school. She doesn't seem to have graduated. No. Uh, she, 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 she doesn't come across as being particularly well finished. No. Uh, I think Polly should be asking for her money back. Yeah. Get a refund from the finishing school. <laughs> No. I haven't seen her balance a book on her head once. So no, and, and, uh, yeah, and the makeup techniques and everything. Because my mother went to a, went to a finishing school. I think it was only for a term in Brighton, um, and uh, yeah. So you you were taught how to how to dress, what to dress for, and how to do. It's like the how whole... to get out of a car without showing everyone your knickers. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. a good skill to have. I've, I've, it's it stood me in good stead for for many years. So the episode starts with Avril going into the Jolly Sailor, um, where uh, Jack, uh, her daddy, uh, is uh, regaling some people we never meet ever again uh, in the pub, and yeah, some boring anecdote. Boring anecdote. Oh, and that sort of thing. And then Avril comes in and breaks the news that Tom wants to be in the business. Yeah, and she's sold the flying fish. Yes, but she's being a bit cagey though about the identity of the the. the Owner. The, is it somewhere on, on on the east coast? The east coast of what, though? <laughs> is it Grimsby? Or? No idea. So she seems to be a little bit reluctant to to say that. So we have we have a little bit of um, nonsense with regards to having a gin and tonic and uh, Jack having another conversation about. Uh, what actually happened in in this in, in London for her to come yeah, back? And, what happened in that there London? And trying to convince her to move back in to the house because I think she's renting this the thatch cottage. Thatch cottage. I hope she shut the gate and well, the livestock so. haven't gone and eaten the roses. That would be terrible. That would be terrible. Um, and then we cut to uh, Jan, the Jan and Tom Howard's house where Tom has come back super excited saying, oh, right, yes. Uh, So this episode seems to pick up immediately after the end of the previous episode. Because Jan's still got the same top on. Yes, so this is just immediately after Tom has signed signed their lives away. Well, he signed for the sale of the flying fish. He's not signed the paperwork to buy the mermaid. Ah. That comes later on in in this episode. Ah. But he says, I've committed to it now. Uh, Jan starts to reason with him, and then 
she goes completely off her head uh, yes. when he says, I've committed to it now, I'm doing it. Uh, and her head whips around like a, a whippy thing. I know, it was like very much exorcism. I'm, sur- I'm surprised vom, vom. she didn't end up with whiplash. <laughs> I know, where's this? <laughs> And there's some bloody awful wallpapering again. This is another corner of the room. It was all blown, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. We have doubts about the Howards decorating, or their dec- presumably their decorator. I can't imagine either of the Howards getting a ladder out and maybe there's a charitable thing brush. like the, the local children from the blind school doing work experience or something to to put wallpaper up. Maybe we do it by sight. Maybe they just thought it was braille. Yeah, I think <laughs> stick here. That's, <laughs> yeah. I think that's enough of that. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, we cut upstairs to um, Lynn getting ready with her glitter, uh, uh, glitter, yes. glitter makeup. Yes, she looked so, a bit like a drag queen. <laughs> well, yeah, she did rather look like she was a contestant on RuPaul's Drag Race. I know it was just like that. She smeared the, the the makeup on the wall and, and then, then run, run at, at it. it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do remember girls in the eighties having all that. Glittery there's a, there's like a glitter cream which you put over yeah, there. To, to, yeah, to, yeah. Sparkly know, I, and interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if people still do that, but it was certainly because I remember going to school discos and naturally enough not getting too close to any any girls, but nonetheless coming home, I think there must have just been lots of glitter in the air that just <laughs> just stuck <laughs> to everyone because I've certainly come home glittery for some reason. <laughs> From the school disco. It was the young homosexual Thai. idiot, just sparkling. Yeah. <laughs> After drinking Tizer and eating Tudor crisps. Oh, I didn't go to any of the school discos or anything like that. I was, were you not invited? Oh, of course I was, but... Of I, course you were. <laughs> what nonsense. Shut up, <laughs> shut up, Robert. Nonsense. No, I was actually strangely popular at school. Uh, so. Well, you're half right. <laughs> So, so but, it's safe to say that Lynn isn't thrilled. Well, Lynn, 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 Lynn at first, it's really quite interesting because, say, uh, Leo and Lynn come into the living room where there's a bit of a frosty reception and Jan says... And Leo's a picture in beige. Yeah, beige, and, and, and Lynn's looking all glamorous. Yeah, but um, there's quite a lot of beige in this episode. Yeah, there is, yes. We'll get on to Jan's outfit, a little jumpsuit later. And uh, so, at first, say, Lynn's going, oh, that's jolly good, Daddy. And then the Jan stirs it in Yes, but he's selling everything, including the flying fish. That's and then fair. she uh, goes completely bonkers. Yeah. No, it's not fair. I can't have a pony. Well, that's you, Jonathan. That's partly the reason why I really got into Howard's way. Because uh, you couldn't have a pony. Well, I joined... Central London's not a great location. Well, no, pony. but at school, we say when you went up to... You could take your pony to school when you went to senior school, went to the senior thing. Um, and I was in pony club because I was in... I was like organised activity boy. And um, then my grandmother saw a... My grandmother sort of ran a hospital and uh, uh, she saw a report in one of these glossy magazines and about someone falling off a horse and being brain damaged and everything. And we were going out looking what, at that gruesome injury monthly. Yeah, I have no idea. Internal supplement or yeah. Where was the staples? Um, the staple covered the lobotomy scar. So your grandmother then became convinced that if you go anywhere near a horse, she will end up... Well, I was allowed to continue going to pony club because I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but you had to clip-clop around on a broom. <laughs> 
No one ever got hurt clip-clopping around the room. <laughs> it's actually quite amusing. It was, it was, it was, it was, I had a little foray with polo uh, at the time, and when you were learning to do polo, uh, you had to go on a bicycle, <laughs> on a bicycle on the polo field yeah. with a mallet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm strangely familiar. With, I think I must have seen a documentary once. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was I was shocked. I thought, all right, we'd do that. But apparently, so you were in your rally bomber. <laughs> no, that they, they had that their rickety bikes, which were a little bit higher, taller. Right. So you so you obviously couldn't touch. Them. So your mallet wasn't trailing on so, the ground. Well, I think the reasoning because they did that was because they didn't want the horses to be injured with the mallets if you're just practicing. It's like normally, normally the best. Yeah. I mean, having a load of pubescent boys on horseback with mallets just does not strike me as being a sensible thing to do. But uh, the thing is, well, Grandma, we were out looking at, how, at ponies, so we were looking around, I get me a pony, um, and then Grandma said, no, categorically not. You, you, you're not doing no this. pony for you, John. No, because it's too dangerous. And blah, blah. So, um, because I, <laughs> she said, sailing, that's what you're going to do, because we had a sailing club at the school. Yeah, because uh, that's much less dangerous. I know, well, my Grandma had it in her head because I could die for a brick in my pyjamas <laughs> I'd be fine I don't think she really looked at the drowning incidents because I was such a strong swimmer and I swam, swam for county right. it was <laughs> yeah, so she skipped that edition of gruesome injury monthly yes so so I got a boat instead but so anyway I quite I, I do like the whole sailing what did you call thing. it Dobbin no it was just a topper <laughs> that's what that's what they called okay. <laughs> Right, okay. so, you, saw, you saw the puzzled look so pass over my face Topper. So, I, used uh, get, I used to get a comic called Topper yeah I remember that one yeah and I used to get the Buster Buster yeah I got Buster Wizard mm. and Chips I, I wasn't overly keen on Dandy, Dandy Desperate Dan got my nerves a bit and Banana Man mm, no. Banana Man and I didn't like the um, oh uh, the Bash Street kids because they were like rough yeah. Like, yeah, I know. My, I my, my sister used to call me Plug. Really? Your ears aren't that big. Well, I, I don't think. Oh, <laughs> okay. well, actually, that's strange. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite Plug, sure how to take that. Because Plug had had big sticky yeah. outy ears, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she was just being cruel. As which big, sister as, was this? This was this was Eleanor. All oh, right, Karma got her. <laughs> well, she had to move overseas, didn't she? <laughs> yeah. She was she was forced to leave the country for, for, for calling you for pug. Calling me plug. Anyway, so anyway, uh, so Lynn's very obviously was like completely behind Daddy, um, and now isn't completely behind Daddy because she's that means she can't sail. And now she's in tears, and all that makeup is running down her face. And yeah, you actually, you really can't tell the difference. No, it, yeah, and um, then uh, Leo, Leo's still very supportive because that's what Leo's role is. Because he's just like. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not having to go to university. I'm working in a petrol station, and uh, then he. Can... But, but he's got a, an endless supply of ginster pasties. Oh, marvelous! Yeah, there's a, there is a bonus to working in a petrol station. <laughs> lovely, mm. lovely, lovely, lovely. Yeah. And then uh, we cut to him whizzing off in in Jan's MG Metro. Yes, I know. I had an MG Metro. That's my first car. But did your MG Metro have bright red um, seat belts? Yes, it did. I had Ooh. a black one. I had a black one with a red trim. Ooh. Mm. What we've not mentioned is that uh, uh, Leo and Lynn were escorting um, 
Abby. Abby to the Abby party. To, to a party where she is going to be launched, launched into Tarrant <laughs> we'll, Society. We'll, we'll get on to that. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> Leo Spoiler, arrives. Sweetie. Leo <laughs> arrives to go and, go and sort of pick up Abby. And uh, Polly comes out looking very glamorous, like clinging onto a gin and tonic in a yeah. crystal glass. I go, yeah. oh, oh, please say you'll, you'll help her launch onto Tarrant yeah. Society. Now, what to say? The Tarrant set. The Tarrant set. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that Polly in this episode seems to be permanently dressed like an like a character in Abigail's party. I know. I love that. I love that floaty thing that she was doing. She, she was wearing that was great. It was very patterny and everything. I love that. It's, I, a, I it's either Abigail's party or Margot from The Good Life. Both are fabulous, marvelous, 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 marvelous. Anyway, then <laughs> then Abby comes out the door sideways because she can't actually fit through the door full front yes. door because she's got this this awful frock that the drag queen yeah, was is. wearing on the the fashion show in the yeah. last the last it, episode. It, I say it is a particularly terrible frock, and at one point it looks as if it's sort of moving independently. Of her. <laughs> it, it, so, 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 listeners, if you haven't seen this episode, she arrives with this massive blouse. Um, with these huge sort of um, shoulders, yeah, like massive puffy, puffy, puffy shoulders. <laughs> I'm surprised she fitted in the front with the front of the MG Metro. Yeah, with well, I'm Leo. surprised that Leo wasn't sort of <laughs> stopped to one <laughs> he's, side. He's wedged up against the side window because there's no room. <laughs> so Leo's trying to make polite conversation to Abby. Abby's having none of it. She knows that he's been asked to take her and doesn't, uh, and she thinks that he doesn't want to. Yeah. Basically, uh, in this, and certainly in this episode, uh, uh, Abby is sort of like human representation of grumpy cat yes very much so I mean, she was like mm, no i hate that i hate that i, I hate, hate everything that. i hate, I hate everything i hate parties yeah i hate parties i don't hate tarot. i don't want I to hate go. my mother yes i hate i hate i hate i hate this table if, in fact strangely enough she was probably strangely perceptive in this one i don't think leo did actually want to but i think he felt a little bit sorry for her yeah. so she asked to be pulled up and then just i'll oh, just pull up here and i'll get out because i know you don't want to take me i'll walk home in the rain <laughs> It wasn't raining. Um, well, metaphorically, <laughs> it was raining in her heart. <laughs> yes. So uh, then Leo feels feels a little bit sorry. I think he, yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of sort of cute meat there. I think he feels cute so, meat. You mean meat cute? Meat cute. It's not yeah. cute meat though. That's <laughs> cute meat. That sounds it's like a, the it's a lovely shop. chop. <laughs> so. So uh, then he sort of he then takes us to the jolly sailor where they sit out in the beer garden. And, uh, and well, look oh, oh, sorry, it's not the beer garden. It's, at, it's from the front it, terrace. It's, it's, it's the outside. It's, that, it's the outside of this jolly, jolly sailor. Um, where it's all very jolly. They're having a conversation, and uh, Abby's sort of, sort of, sort of bringing, coming out of the shell a little bit. A little bit. I, I, in fairness, I felt I think Abby could be yeah. really. She could be Le- really good. Le- Leo's winkling her out of her shell. Yeah. Miss Babs, it took some winkling. <laughs> yes, and then Lynn comes out of the pub because obviously she's Lynn? been. Uh, not Lynn, um, Avril. Avril. Avril comes Avril. out of the pub after leaving Daddy and says, oh, hello, says, hello, Leo. Um, and then Leo says, all right, yes, yes, Daddy, Daddy. So they have a conversation about the mermaid yard and say, oh, it's going to be a marvellous success, marvellous, marvellous, marvellous. And there's a little bit of a, of a boom in Leo. A little bit of frisson between Leo Leo and Avril. You can see that he's like quite smitten. I think that that will come more clear further on in in series one. So anyway, he um, sort of uh, of has a conversation with Abby and it all sort of drizzles drizzles along nicely. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, and then we get on to Jan being very hungover, arriving at Ken Masters with her um, big specs. She's got. Oh, she looks amazing, actually. I mean, admittedly, she is a vision in beige. She's got this big jumpsuity type thing with uh, with a high waisted, uh, thin red belt. If she doesn't wear the wet red belt. And red shoes. And red shoes. And high red heel belt, shoes. Oh, she, I mean, she did actually look very, very fetching. And she teamed with, her, <clears throat> with the, the seatbelt on her MG a, a, Metro. MG, MG Metro. Yeah. So she was like really, really sort of like, hmm, yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're, you're, you're working this. But then again, if, if she didn't have the red outfits and she was next to a, a sort of a, a, a wall, a magnolia wall, she'd probably blend in. Probably. Um, but if we can just sort of <clears throat> rewind a little bit back to the, the, day, the day before, because what we've not mentioned is that when... Um, when when Abby comes home, Polly's on the phone. Oh yes, invited some other person to her yes. her place her, in Chelsea. Her pied de terre, and oh. I might be there. And you know, there are two rooms if we need them. <laughs> dirty, dirty, dirty. Stop out. <laughs> oh yes, because she's reclining with with more gin. Yeah, and Gerald won't mind. Gerald won't mind. It's very modern. Yeah, there. I just think Polly just steals everything, every scene she's in. It's just lovely. Call the police. Polly's yes. on the screen. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, Thursday. Oh, yes, I will be there then. Mm. <laughs> um, and then she does actually mention to um, to Abby that say, uh, Daddy, um, say it was sad that he couldn't see you. Um, so, so we haven't met Gerald yet. We haven't met Gerald yet. <clears throat> No, he will be introduced with a massive fanfare at this rate. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but I, yeah. So it's, it, I think we're, the, the question marks coming up here. So that said, like Polly's obviously sort of a manhunter, and uh, and and she's you're sort of like, oh, what's causing her to be a manhunter? Is is Daddy sort of some sort of stud that's pushing it around everywhere? And blah, blah, blah. we'll find out because we, we think we, find out. we meet Gerald in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um. So then it cuts to the following day where we see hungover Jan. Yeah, so Jan's arrived at the, the Chandlery. Chandlery. And politely declines the full-time job that Ken has offered her. Yeah. Which is strange, really, because you'd have thought, oh, no, our, our, our lives are going to change yeah. completely. I mean, if Jan went out to work, maybe they wouldn't have to get rid of the flying fish. Well, yes, exactly. I didn't, you know, that didn't really seem see, well thought, thought out. So, no, I can't take this full-time job with more money because my husband's been made redundant. And yeah, and, and now he's wasted penny. all his money buying the Mermaid Yard. He's thrown every penny that we have into, into some kind of... Yeah, it, it, that just... It just down boatyard. It's just like, well, so, all right, I'm not going to work. In fact, it felt like, oh, I'm not going to work at all because, therefore, that'll, that'll prove to Tom that we can't survive. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any um, sense. Ken says, I can wait if you'd like to reconsider... Uh, and then offers her out to lunch, and she says she politely declines. No, I've got to go to Sarah's. Says, no, it's, no Chichester. 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 Um, of course, I had to then look at Google Maps to see where Chichester, Chichester was. Actually, it's in relation to Tarot. Well, anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Chichester's anywhere. really nice. It is really lovely. Uh, I'd have probably put it somewhere in the Midlands and thought, well, that's rather far to go to, to visit your mother, but it's not. It's not. It's not a huge distance um, from Tarrant. From Tarrant, no, no, <laughs> and. Uh, but we meet we meet mother we meet um, Jan's mummy uh, in a little scene that we have where Leo is at the tra- at the garage and he's sort of he's badly cleaning a Talbot Samba um, while um, 
the the manager sort of says, "Oh, Boise right, Boise is, um, is, is is queering his relationship with um, with Ken Masters." Yeah. So yeah, so they, that doesn't really go anywhere. That but and then this uh, Morris Traveller uh, car arrives very speedily, strangely speedily, coming up to the tr- coming up to the uh, the petrol pump. So that was like she was like virtually doing a, an emergency stop outside the bloody thing. Well, I think that tells you quite a lot about uh, the grand grandmother. <laughs> so <laughs> it's played marvelously by Dulcie Gray. Dulcie Gray. When I was a, a kid, I had a book that I had one of the books that she wrote. She, she wrote, wrote Cozy Mysteries, didn't what she? A, um, it was chil- well, certainly the, the the what I'm familiar with was children's mystery oh. stories, and this is a particular one featured Roger Moore. Really? Yeah. There oh. was some kind of tie-in with the Bond movies, I think. Yeah. Oh, oh, very good. Death and Denims, it was called. Yeah, so Dulcie Gray is, uh, plays Kate. Um, who, Kate Harvey. Kate Harvey. That's really, conf- really it's confusing. It's really confusing because the actress that plays Jan, Jan Howard is Jan Harvey. And her maiden name in the series is Jan Harvey. <laughs> yes! <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so, it is a little bit bonkers. Um, so, so then so she says, oh, gosh, right, hello. She, yeah. She's not as snobby as Jan no, was. She's, I guess she's sort of like a of stuff and nonsense sort of um, yeah. robust country woman, I, I think, is how I might. Very horsey. Yeah, we dis- well, she, she, we she, she, likes, she likes having a little flutter on the horses. And uh, then the next scene we see with her is Jan's pulled up in her MG Metro uh, in her vision of beige with uh, red red accessories. Red belt and red shoes. Uh, and bobs up to, uh, to, to, uh, to Kate's cottage which is a lovely detached cottage and she's got a huge garden and she looks like she's maintaining herself and i'm thinking christ no no she can't be doing that i no, don't she's, think she's, she's snipping away at the uh, the, the, the uh, edges of the of the, one the of grass, the beds but she's definitely not doing all that well she said oh yes yeah, so it keeps me occupied uh, so the next door neighbor is nosing in listening into the conversation where jan says oh right yes i say uh, there's been a little bit of uh hubris at home and, uh, and she says, I heard. And then she realises that Leo's filled her in, filled Grandma in. And the next door neighbour is badly sort of sort of, pr- sort of pruning the privet hedge. And, and craning sat, over. And craning over, listening in. Really, it was, uh, that just felt, felt really weird. It felt a little bit like, um, what was it? What, what was that? It's almost like, it's almost like there's a, a subplot involving Kate's next door neighbour that we never actually get to, there, it was get just to like, know about. It felt a bit, so remember that, that TV series Fresh Fields? Uh, that went to With French Julia McKenzie. Julia McKenzie, and another chap that was in Rogers. like May to December. Ant- Anton Rogers. And they had the next door neighbour called it, it, Sonia. 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 The, the, the little fat one from next door. <laughs> it was always good fun. <laughs> it reminded me a little bit of that. It's just like, oh gosh. Uh, and then, say, obviously, Kate can see that Jan is feeling. A little bit discombobulated. So, so let's go. Let's go to the the, the go to Goodwood. Go to Goodwood. So we'll again, I had to get out of Google Maps and see where Goodwood. And she is looks at her shoes and said, "We'll get you. You can borrow some of my shoes." <laughs> she looks at these these high heeled red things, which are lovely. They're very very lovely actually. Um, and then we have next scene. We have them on a very windy windy hill overlooking Goodwood Races. Um, and and basically, Kate's have a, has a good old conversation with her and said, "Look." 
Tom has been doing a wage slave like job for the last 20 odd years. It's about time he got to do something that he wants to do. Jan also says, I've been offered this full time job. And she said, do it. What's stopping you? Oh, it's the family. I mean, I thought oh, that was a that was a feeble excuse. I mean, for Christ's sake, Lynn Lynn has just left university. Leo is eighteen, nineteen. He's uh, working in a I've petrol got, station. He's working at a petrol station. I mean, what the hell have you got to do with the house? I'm sure they've got a cleaner. <laughs> so, yeah, we never see, but I'm hopefully just... it's better. The cleaner's better than the, uh, the wallpaperer. Yeah. <laughs> so, then, then Kate says, "Don't worry, I'll I'll come in and, and I'll help come in and do at, at home." Yeah, and then it's where we learn that sort of Kate lost her husband the year before and um, just wants something to do. And she's just having little flutters on the races and things like that. And I thought, I think her character was really good. Well, I, also, I noticed Jan, <clears throat> when Jan's were acting with with Kate, the, the character, the, 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 the she seems to, the, so Jan Harvey, who plays Jan, sort of ups the game completely because previously it was all like no shock horror and it's all like that it's, it's either like complete sort of stressy against tom but in that sort of faux sort of way yeah or a little bit flirty gurty yeah. with with ken yeah. but you know that the, the person that plays ken stephen yardley and jan harvey they met they'd previously worked before but she couldn't remember him oh, he but couldn't remember he oh and i think he she couldn't remember him um and uh, then he reminded you her have, you, you have to listen to the commentary in that episode and all oh, right well it's one way or the other anyway yeah, but um yeah. but so essentially what i what they I got think, together on howard's yeah. way but essentially i think what's happening is that in the first two episodes uh jan's character was you know driven to the driven to the extremes if you like you yeah know, there's a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety and a lot of tension Whereas in these scenes between with Jan and Kate, um, I just think it adds, you know, it brings in a a, a softer yeah. dimension. It's a different style of relationship, and that's what I think you're. Yeah. What I think you're seeing, you, you're, you're seeing a, a, a development. But it felt real. Yes, it did. It, I mean, that felt real. Where some of the other stuff felt a little bit melodrama. And but when she was working with Dulcie, I mean, Dulcie Gray's script wasn't, in fairness, wasn't incredibly sort of insightful. It was very. Yeah, it didn't have a lot. It didn't really have a lot to do. No, I think this was this was mainly, I think, about introducing her yeah. as a character and also giving Jan a reason to to take the the job. And without with, with, with Ken, rather than getting involved with the whole nonsense and sort of like melodrama of the situation, but it does it does seem with, with adding her her into the cast seems really really good. And then she says, "Take the job," and Jan thinks, "Oh, right." It adds that extra d dimension to it, which I really really liked. Um, then we have another scene, which Abby again we see Abby. Looking a little bit forlorn, looking out over the uh, the harbour, and Lynn comes along, looking sort of, uh, and just to come. I think she's looking for a job. So yeah, she's, she's looking for a crewing job. She's looking for a crewing job. So she decides to go and get a job working as a barmaid at the yacht club, so she can get she can get a crew job, so she can she can sail. Uh, that's her main thing. And she's one thing that did occur to me is that she's she's bereft that she won't be able to sail but her father's buying into a flipping boat yard surely she'll have 
plenty of boats coming out of every orifice. Yeah, that you can borrow. Uh, but I, I suppose it's not the same, is it? I mean, uh, well, it's the same with me, the Pony Club. I say it was. I, I lost in. Well, I, when I thought I was going to get a pony, it was great. But after I knew I wasn't, I was that was never going to happen. So you get bored and you, you get frustrated with plaiting someone else's pony, pony's tail and grooming and things like that. It just that the that the the, the, tar- the it gets tarnished and I can understand that. Um, but overall, um, she she has this ha- has this dialogue with this chap from the yacht club who looks like it's from Funboy Three, and they're, they're they're looking like this. They should be breaking into a song with their range of pastels, <laughs> bright pastels. <laughs> Yeah, again, a lot of beige and a lot of pastel colours. Yeah, I would think. Uh, I think he was wearing a blue, and he, she was wearing a pink, and it felt very, very much of the time. But it was all very lovely. All the box fizz. Yeah, it's making your mind up. And uh, then she she meets Abby yeah. on the harbour, and yeah. Abby Abby so, tells her a story about a girl, about a girl at boarding school, um, who got pregnant. And she was all alone and didn't know what to, to do. do. And then Lynn says, well, what did you do? And she says, nothing. And then Lynn gets start distracted by someone's mainsail. Literally, it's someone's mainsail. Yeah. <laughs> Someone put the mainsail yeah. up. Whoa, you look, on, look at the mainsail on, on that. that. And then it's like, well, hang yeah. on. And then it becomes clear that Abby can't swim. So, oh, how can you? Can't, how come you can't swim? Because everyone in Tarrant can swim. But I think because she, she uh, it, it comes apparent that obviously... Abby got introduced to Tarrant, and then a few months later, she then. Yeah. So it was just after Polly, Gerald, and Abby moved to Tarrant mm. from wherever it was they lived before, and then almost immediately, it sounds like uh, Abby was shipped off to yeah. to finishing school. Yeah. So a bit a bit sad. Um, so she's feeling very maudlin, and you think, uh oh, is she pregnant? And. Uh, so the episode just felt really lovely. Yeah. We're, uh, not, we're not done yet. I know. We, we yet. get the final. Well, we, we've got Tom has his first proprietorial <coughs> Oh, he meets Davy. Yes. We meet, we meet Davy. Davinder. Uh, yeah, Davinder. Uh, and Davy sort of, uh, sort of, kind of fills him in. Well, we're only doing repair jobs. We're not actually yeah. building anything anymore. Yeah. So, so Davy fills him in on a bit of the, 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 back, the, the back story. This is, this is before he realises that... Um, that Tom is a new partner, and Jack uh, Jack yeah. Jack arrives late. Yeah, apparently he's been making important phone calls um, from his me, bed. Um, uh, um, no, I know he, he met something about. Yeah. A maintenance no, he was contract. making important phone calls and meeting someone. Yes. all while being lying hungover in, in his bed. bed. And uh, Devin, uh, Davey has sort of filling in, filling um, Tom in on the sort of the boatyard. Uh, Jack's announced that he's bought bought in to the boatyard to the crew and bill recognizes that davy is giving a little bit of information on which could possibly <laughs> cause yeah. problems so yeah. ships bill, davy off bill, to the yeah. main main shed and, and bill and the, the the rest of the team are obviously a little bit concerned about someone new coming into the the, the boat the boat yard and and jack reassures them and says we've had partners before and they've always done what they're told and i just wondered what happened to these other partners? They're sort of they, the bottom of the Tarrant history with, with a very with a very big bag of bricks, probably. Yeah. <laughs> these mysterious partners. <laughs> Always taking them out for a drink and their livers are packed up. Um, so 
So Jan's accepted Ken's offer mm-hmm. on her mother's advice. advice. Yeah, so that's set up nicely for yeah. for that that bit of that, that bit of plot. Um, and then Tom goes off looking for the new owner. Well, Tom's signing the paperwork in the office, and uh, somewhere someone on the east coast, Mr. Devereaux. James, is it James Devereaux or something? And then he looks at the envelope, which has got sort of um, Chichester on it, and sort of well, Chichester again. Chichester, yeah, Chichester makes the big, a very Chichester based, yeah. And then sort of he goes to sort of like to find this address. He makes a little note down and puts on a it in his, on, 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 puts it in his pocket, and then he drives to the Devereaux's residence. Um, and it's quite interesting because he was going to to the, that to that uh, the Devereux residence, and then Leo's decides to have a little walk along the the sea, and uh, and spies Abby, who we see Abby sort of crouched, crawling underneath one of the the sea Under breaks. The groin. It, it's just like looked like someone homeless, like sort of like fetal like, and uh, I was the, so it, it's it's like cut between Tom pulling up in this this nice established suburban place um, and knocking on the door and asking to speak to James Devereux. I think he's bought my boat, really. And this wife that looks like she's about to have a dinner party, who is not in at the moment, um, and said, I think your husband's bought my boat. The boat doesn't doesn't sail. And he's like, ooh, he's a bit like cliffhangery there. And then we cut to uh, Leo walking along this very pebbly beach and uh, and Abby has now stopped being fetal like fashion and she's on the top of um sort of a harbour wall of some sorts mm. uh looking out and then Leo goes Abby when she just like flings herself off flings herself it was off. you were really it wasn't just like slipped yeah. it was like it was she was purposefully jump. flinging off and then we hear a splosh and then we see some underwater scene yes and then it cuts to the uh the big breasted sort of uh, mascot mermaid. The big booby <gasps> But it was a fabulous episode. Hard. Really, really good. Very yeah. su- super tight. Um, so it turns out that, that Abby was launched into Tarrant Society after all. It yes. made a very big <laughs> splash. Splash. Now, I absolutely adored it. It really, really fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. So, um, obviously, we are uber, uber fans. Um, if anyone else who's listening to this knows anything of a juicy gossip about this episode or Chichester, we would love to hear from you. So this brings us on to this episode's recasting. So we are looking at, if we did a reboot of Howard's Way, um, we're looking at what, what popular actors or actors would be suitable for playing these characters if that got remade and today we are doing Ken Masters mm, who's played marvellously by Stephen Yardley which uh, which I am I say Howard's Way brought out a whole range of knitting patterns um, to cross sell and I'm actually having I've got a knitter he's not joking people no. he is not joking I am so I have a Ken Masters masterpiece cardigan which is being currently it's somewhere in Buckinghamshire Aylesbury uh, that's in Buckinghamshire isn't it I have no idea um, uh, so anyway we've, I've, so I've, I've, I've acquired the Stephen y- the, the, the uh, Ken Masters cardigan zip up cardigan was a bugger to find it really was well it took 
it it took months. It took months. Not to, years. It took months to to, to, to track to track, this, track, track this knitting pattern down. And I got that, and I've acquired the knitting pattern. And then I mean, obviously, I can't knit. So then I had to go and find a suitable knitter. And I found a suit. Uh, it was amazing how many Facebook groups I joined to find a suitable knitter. So I have I'm now having a Ken Masters original being made. Um, so that's very very exciting she has actually started I have posted a picture of my said cardigan in action Um, so that's coming so but Stephen Yardley played Ken Masters very very well Um, and who would you pick to recast who would you pick give me give me a a few moments to to well I've I've thought long and hard and I think Adam Rickett Adam Rickett. Who used to play, oh, uh, oh, what was his name? Nicky, Nicky Platt in Coronation Street. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the right age. I think he's, he's now does, he's, he does a bit on Hollyoaks and things. We have actually met him. Um, yes, I know we have. Actually, Adam, because Adam Rickett actually lives in, I think, in Cuddington. Um, which is I drive through when I go through uh, sort of or go, drive to work. I drive through Tarpley, go past the Polo Club, and then we go past Cuddington. So, so you I, go past the Polo Club and you see all these these people on bicycles <laughs> waving mallets around. No, so you don't see that from the road. Um, you've, you've got the, you've got the organic um, farm shop, which has got a coffee shop and wine store, <laughs> which is fabulous. It's very Cheshire. <laughs> so, but I think Adam Rickett would be a really, really good Ken Masters because it's against type because he normally plays the sort of the, the nice sort of sort of nice and pleasant kind of guy. And I think it would be a good counteraction to have a little bit of an edge to him. He's, I think he's, he's been in Hollyoaks as well, a gay character in Hollyoaks, I think. Because um, that's when we last met him. He was, he was doing a few more episodes of that. Um, but I think Adam Rickett would make a fantastic Ken Masters. Who, who do you think? Interesting. Um, I would say someone like Kit Harrington from played Jon Snow in Game of Thrones. Oh, he's very brooding, isn't he? Mm. I think I think a northern, a northern Ken Masters would be. Well, Adam Rickett's northern. They're from Cheshire. <laughs> yeah, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talk- it's not all about you and your choices, Jonathan. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. I mean, I think, mm, ooh. But so I think I think cool. Jon Snow would probably be a little bit... Jon Snow. What was it? Kit Harrington. Kit Harrington, who played Jon Snow. Yes. Um, um, I think maybe a bit too brooding, but I don't know. Um, you can't be too brooding. Well, that's not true, actually. No. Uh, but anyway, he's not too brooding. He doesn't have to be... You know. He's an actor. He can actor. be. It could be less brooding. It could be less brooding. Yeah, it could be more tepid, <laughs> a tepid brooding. Um, so that's our, that's our suggestions. I'm thinking Adam Rickett um, because I think sort of his reclining in his bachelor pad look fabulous, and I think would probably be a little bit edgy enough. And he's got that sort of flirty gerty look about him, um, without being too overly, overly sort of. Physical, uh, the physicality of him. So, um, but yeah. So, over to you, dear listeners. Who would you think would be fabulous to be recast as Ken Masters? Please answer, not on a postcard, on our tweet and we tweet or Send Instagram. Send your answers on the back of a blank signed check. <laughs> 
um, um, so let us know we are on all social ne- media platforms are ant- anti-dust please subscribe give five stars if you listen to this and if, you, Apple if podcast. you'd like to take part in a future podcast give yeah. us a shout we're always shows. up for a collab yeah, I need to speak to the girls from the, the Lovejoy pod because uh, I think when I last spoke to them because they there's, there's the, the Lovejoy pod uh, covering they're doing the same thing with Lovejoy uh, as what we're doing with Howard's Way they're probably making a much better job of it than we are to be fair oh I don't know <laughs> sorry girls but I think they were mildly interested in, in, in doing an episode so uh, so I think I think that would be quite, quite kind of good fun yeah. and, and if there's anything that you'd like to hear in the, in the podcast anything that you think we should cover that we're not currently covering anything like that just let us know we're very open to suggestions fabulous 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 anyway anyway so long from me Jonathan and it's goodbye from me Rob bye 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 listening to the Howard's Way podcast from Antique Dust.